my first two deals, I made something like $30,000. We can talk about side hustle. I just wanted to make money. I think that that whole thing is really keeping people back. Focus on one thing. You have to grow your capacity. You can have three different businesses, but you're still going to make $100,000 because you're still a $100,000 entrepreneur. You don't really lose unless you don't learn. We had a thousand people on the list. Called my wife and I was like, hey, I just spent $16,000. She was like, what? What's up, everybody? I'm Keith. And this is D, and this is the Defiant Life Podcast, where we defy the laws of mediocrity. So, Keith, I want to start off by talking about one of the things that you mentioned in your in the last episode of the podcast, where you said you bought a gym, you yeah. bought a business, and it was actually a bad decision. Yes, it was a bad decision at the time. Buying the gym wasn't necessarily the bad decision. It was the timing and that it pulled my focus away from what I was actually doing. So, mm, yeah. So, I'm looking forward to this right here. Yeah. Um, real quick, this might sound a little bit off topic, off topic, but, uh, just kind of follow me when I say this. Okay. So I go to this chess group that was okay. started by Ray and his wife, Monica chess for charity. Shout out. Y'all can come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that he says, that's really good that I take with me in everything that I do and teach my kids as well is in chess, as in life, you either have wins or you have learns. Um, he believes that you don't really lose and unless you don't learn. That's right. right? Yeah. So when you mentioned that right now about, you know, the timing and not necessarily being a bad decision, but the bad timing of it, that wasn't the L that you took because yeah. I'm believing that you probably learned something from that. Right. Oh, I learned a ton of stuff from that. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's funny cause we had on uh TJ a little while back, we were talking to TJ cheek and, uh, he was saying that most entrepreneurs have a graveyard of, of bad business ideas in their backyard, mm, right? So good. Yeah, and I think that's uh, probably true. I think that there's most people have to go through stuff like that in order to learn. And yeah. so I think maybe I'm a little hard-headed too. So I have to go through the experience to get the, the listen, lesson. Listen, I'm the most <laughs> stubborn person I know. Yeah. You know, I like school of heart nuts. <laughs> I took night classes, right? <laughs> yeah. Mark Broussard wrote a song about me actually called The School of Heart. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That was about you? That. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mark Broussard cited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell me a little bit about this uh, this whole journey that you did uh, with the gym, find that gym. Okay. So, yeah. So what happened? This was actually when you were working with me up in Jessup. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had, um, I don't know how many, five, four or five mobile home parks at the time. And, uh, and we were we had grown really fast and then we were taking the next little bit of time next season, I guess, to, um, kind of get those parks where we want them to be before we purchase more. And then I kind of, I was just working out at, at the gym that I actually started this gym in 2010 mm. and, um, had no idea what I was doing. So I, I just sold it for what the equipment what what I owed on the equipment and <laughs> went back to school actually. Um, also not a great decision, but anyway, <laughs> uh, had a lot of opportunities to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was just working out at the gym and the owner came to me and he's like, Hey man, um, getting ready to move. Want to know if you were interested in buying the gym back. And I was like, maybe let's, let me take a look at it. So I, I looked at the numbers and everything and I was like, you know what? I know this business cause I actually, my first real business was a fitness company. Mm -hmm. So I really learned how to do sales. Um, I didn't learn that much about marketing, but I learned how to do sales and I learned how to, you know, grow a fitness company. Um, which at one point I had grown that company to seven different gyms and you know, uh, it was doing pretty well. So I, I felt pretty confident that I could grow it from what it was at its current state mm. to a lot more than what it was doing. Right. Um, 
So you had the education. Yeah. You had the skill set. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I had I had the things that I needed to do it. The problem was I already had another business that I was still running. Mm. So in order for me to go and do the gym business, I had to leave the current business. Mm-hmm. And then usually th- this is something I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. Okay. And usually what happens is everything suffers because nothing's getting singular focus. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of what happened at the gym. You know what? Um, you, I was, uh, I was leaving church the other day. I went to a, a meeting about a missions trip mm-hmm. that uh, me and my family are going to go on this summer. And I was talking to one of the contractors that I'm really good friends with. Mm-hmm. And he said, Hey man, so it's good to see that you guys are coming to the, to the trip this summer. Yeah, man. Really excited. Um, I know a little bit about everything, but I'm not as good as you are, right, mm-hmm. at this stuff. He said, yeah, you know, um, jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> and then we thought about it, and I was like, that's probably not a good thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think in business right now, it is, well, you, you, you sort of do have to be that, especially when you're first starting out. You kind of yeah. do have to be a jack of all trades in your business. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you don't want to be a jack of all trades in ten different businesses, though. That's it. That's you, what I'm getting to. Yeah. yeah, you want to have you. You have to be able to know every aspect of your business, but you got to focus on that thing. I, I think this whole side hustle idea is like we can talk about side hustles. Yeah, I think that that whole thing is really keeping people back. I think this this mm. like trend of like having a side hustle. If that's not if the intention is not for that to become your main hustle. Mm-hmm then the side hustle is probably keeping you away from what you really need to be doing. Mm. You know, and I, I I can get with you on that because I believe that same energy that you're putting towards that side hustle, if you put it towards your main hustle or mm-hmm. stay singularly focused, yep. you'll probably get a better and quicker um, end result yeah. if you just were singularly focused, right? Yeah, and I, I think what happens is a lot of entrepreneurs, they they grow to a certain point, and I have this this theory, which is not mine. I mean, there's lots of people who talk about this mm-hmm. theory of constraints where you, you have like, you can grow your business can grow as much as, as, um, to your ability, basically to the entrepreneur's ability. And then at, at a certain point it's going to level off and people get stuck. Mm-hmm. But then when they get stuck, instead of figuring out how to break through that hump, they're like, well, I can go do this other thing and also make that much. So let's say, let's say you're making a hundred thousand dollars in your business mm-hmm. and you're like, man, I've been stuck in a hundred thousand dollars for five years now. But I've got another opportunity over here, and I can make another hundred thousand. Now I can double my income. And mm-hmm. what usually happens is they do that, and then this one starts coming down, and then you're at fifty thousand on both because you're still a hundred thousand dollar entrepreneur. Right, right. So you haven't grown past that level, so you still mm-hmm. don't know how to handle that situation. Bro, so. hold on, you just dropped a nugget. You said you're still a hundred thousand dollar entrepreneur. Yeah. So you have to enlarge your territory, so so to speak, right? Yeah. You can you can have three different businesses, but you're still going to make a hundred thousand because none of them are going to are going to grow the mm. way that you think they are. That's usually what happens anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think this happens in, in people who want to open multiple locations. This, I, I saw this in the gym industry. Sometimes two people would, you know, especially in these little boutique gyms where it's like mm-hmm. training really, really is training. So, and I had it happen to me when I first, when I had my first fitness business, mm-hmm. you know, we, we like grew to a certain point and then, um, we went to another gym and then another gym and then the third and fourth and fifth one, they all were a little bit less successful than the first couple because everything was spread out mm-hmm. where we probably could have just grown the first ones or first couple mm-hmm. to, to go to a, a bigger level if we had learned how to do that. So. Mm, yeah. So it sounds like what you're saying is if you're in hundred, if you are a hundred thousand dollar entrepreneur, there's some skill sets that you yeah. don't, or maybe some education. Right. That you need yep. to enlarge because you don't just enlarge by just doing more stuff. That's you, right. You have to have you have to grow your capacity 
And the only yes. way you can grow your capacity is to have more knowledge or yep. more or different or an, an additional skill set. That's right? right. Yep. Right. That's okay. right. I, I think, yeah, you can stack skills on top of each other and they become more valuable. Right. So like, I think for most people, they probably should start with sales mm-hmm. because that's really what drives a business at the end of the day. Mm. So like for me, I started in this fitness company mm-hmm. and we, I was a personal training contractor. So like, I went into a gym. I actually called a friend of mine, and I was like, hey, somebody that I knew from high school. And I was like, hey, man, I know you got gyms. I've been working in gyms for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, What do y'all do for personal training? I was just kind of trying to get information. He's like, well, we've never made a dollar off personal training. And I was like, interesting. Well, let me come try to make you some money. (laughs) And so we went over there. I had a partner at the time, and uh, she was really good at sales. Mm -hmm. And I just did the training. Mm -hmm. And But we – we, we like grew really fast. We were able to go over there and, and like crush it basically the first right. couple of months. And they were like, Hey, we got a couple other gyms if y'all want to move to those. So we did that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it was all driven on sales. Mm-hmm. And so like I was a good trainer, but really the whole thing was driven off of the sales process mm-hmm. this, th- that we had. So, um, and as we grew that, that's what it became. The downside is I never really learned the other things that were important. So I was kind of stuck, even though we had all these multiple gyms I was still stuck at the same at the same level for like a few years or whatever Mm -hmm. so um I never learned how to do marketing Mm -hmm. I never learned how to like stack other still skills on top of that even like leading people so Mm -hmm. there was a lot of that in in this whole thing so like you know I learned how to do sales kind of because I was forced into it Mm. I think most business people are if they learn it you know that can get you a long way by itself but then if you can if what if you learn marketing? Mm-hmm. So if you learn that now and you know how to sell, mm-hmm. you can 5X your income probably right. just by learning that one skill. Right, right. But if you if you just know marketing, you don't know how to sell, then you're probably not going to be able to do that. You see what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. they have to build on each other. So what did it take for you to understand that you didn't really understand that portion of the business? You, you know, because you um, probably tried to grow, try to expand. And yeah. we're and we're, and we're probably taking L's in a lot of those categories, right? Yeah. So for me, it was... It was uh, I didn't know how to build a high-performing team. Mm. And so whenever we went to a new gym, it was always like, oh, it's really hard to find good people. You know, <laughs> you hear that saying all the time. All the time. Yeah. And it's because people don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to find that talent. They don't know how to develop that talent. So mm. um, if I had learned that, we could have grown the gym or the, that whole business a lot faster to a mm. lot bigger mm-hmm. area. Um, you know, we would have made a lot more money. But uh, yeah. But it turns out all of those gyms, they just they suffered because – um, because I didn't have those skills. And that goes back to something else we were talking about in a prior episode about the three legs um, of business, yeah. uh, promotion, fulfillment, and operations, which is That's something right. that you coined. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know, maybe not. I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> right. But, um, and, and I think, I think, I think that was very wise and just, you know, just a great system that you came up with that can apply to any and every aspect of life, business, just any kind of growth. If you want to build anything, if you want to build yeah. relationally, if you want to build um, entrepreneurially, wow, that was, a, that, was, that was tough to say. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a word, but uh, well, I just coined that. Um, then you just have to, you know, everything. Um, I, I got a church background and I used to always hear growing up count the cost. Yeah. Right. But then a lot of times there's a lot of things that you don't know and you don't know what you don't know. So I think you have to always be expanding, reading, talking to people, networking, yeah, and looking higher, and um, in in order to find out, and, and because I'm a big proponent, like one of the things I really believe is you can learn from other people's mistakes, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to go through to go down that same path, experience the same pain. Pick up a book. People yeah. put their whole life missions work in a book, 300 pages, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so like I actually did read Entree Leadership at that time. And I remember that was a, a big thing that like got me into this whole like idea of management and figuring out. But I, I, I still didn't really know how to do it. So I didn't know where to look for that, mm-hmm. I think, at the time. And I didn't even know that I needed to. Mm-hmm. I just was, I kind of had that same mentality that most other people do, which is good people are hard to find, especially in yeah. the fitness world. Nobody likes doing sales. Nobody right. wants to come in and do that. Everybody loves, they want to work out. They want to train people, whatever. Mm. But at the end of the day, it comes down to my ability to find those people, recruit them, and then train them on our system and, and make that work. Mm-hmm. And so um, over the last year, that's kind of what I've been working on is figuring out how to build that high-performing year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. how to build a high-performing team. And so once I, once that became my focus mm-hmm. of, of the skill that I wanted to develop, right. it was easy to find that information and then put it together. It took a long time and a lot of work, but that's, you know, that was the thing that I think um, once I knew where to look, mm-hmm. you know, I knew what I needed to look for, then I, I was able to find those places. So so that word focus that, word focus <clears throat> that you just said, let's take it back to you um, buying that gym. Right. Yeah. 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 So because I knew I could grow the gym, I decided to take it on. Mm-hmm. And and I, I was like, OK, well, we got management up here and Jessup at my, my mobile home parks and we're figuring out all this stuff. But what wound up happening is everything kind of suffered yeah. because my focus was was drawn in different places. You can own multiple businesses. I think if you can if you have the capital to pay people who are focused or you have partners who are focused on that one thing. But I think it's really hard to be the CEO of multiple companies. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that people don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you hear people talk, you hear most business people talk about like focus on one thing, mm-hmm. but a lot of those people own multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. Think about like Grant Cardone's got like 50 different businesses, Listen, right? Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. 150 yeah. businesses. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not the CEO of all those companies. Right, he's, right. he's able to pay a CEO to come in mm-hmm. and run that company. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of small time or small business owners, they want to follow that same path without putting in the work up front mm-hmm. and, or without having the capital to actually pay somebody to come in and do it. So you, you have to know, you have to either, well, you have to, you have to have the capital. I don't think there's any way around it. You got to yeah. have the capital to be able to pay somebody to come in and run that, or you have to have a, a business partner who's going to take charge and go either way. You're going to have to spot the capital most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I think whenever we treat it as a side hustle and like the gym was kind of a side hustle to me. I was like, I know I can grow this gym. I know this is my main thing, but mm-hmm. I can do this on the side and it'll be fine. It mm-hmm. turned out like it was just one of the most stressful times of my life. It was mm-hmm. awful. So, so you were spread thin. Yeah. And not only was it the mo- one of the most stressful times of our lives, it was it, the business actually grew exponentially during mm-hmm. that time. So it was really interesting because we grew a ton. Like mm-hmm. I was able to, and I learned a ton about marketing and all this stuff, but that didn't help from a lifestyle standpoint because I was still super stressed out all the time. I actually didn't make any money off the gym at all. I didn't take anything home from the gym. Wow. I, I put everything back in to grow it because I knew yeah. where I could take it if yeah. I did that. And if I had just focused on that, I know I could have gotten there. But it came. it wasn't long after 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 I started, mm-hmm. maybe maybe not even a full year, 
I was like, I can't do this anymore. I got to pick. And it's definitely not this because I know the real estate side has more potential. Right. For me in the so long that, was, run. that was better for you at the time. Right. Right. So and it was already established. And, you know, it wasn't like I was trying to rescue something. It was already there. I knew I could grow it. Um, and then the gym was more of like they've been struggling for 10 years, not really making much money. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I can get it to 10x what it is now. Right. Um, and my, my plan really was to try to grow it and sell it mm-hmm. because I knew I didn't want to do that long term. So. so it sounds like that same energy that you put into the gym, had you just used that to grow your real estate stuff, yeah. you probably could have made more money with the real estate, the extra real estate, as opposed to the money that you would have made with the gym. Yeah. Right. So I, I made zero dollars off the gym okay. in a year. <laughs> that's, that's easy math. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, All right. so I de- definitely was not the right choice in okay. that aspect. <laughs> Although the gym, so so I, I'll I'll tell the story about that a little bit. So okay. like, whenever I first started, there was somebody there that I thought I can just let them run the gym, but then I, I also knew that they didn't have the right kind of experience and the right kind of training, and I didn't have mm-hmm. the time to put that to teach them all the stuff. So it was a terrible decision. I don't know why I did it, but mm-hmm. um, but what wound up happening is that person wasn't the right person. So I did all of the the sales. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I didn't know how to do the marketing because in the past, all we did, we had a thousand people on a list and we cold called and we talked to people. So we, we already had the gyms list. Mm-hmm. So we had plenty of people to market to, which right. for us was just calling and selling them, selling them into a free consultation and then selling that into personal training. Okay. So open market. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was very easy. Uh, from a marketing side, mm-hmm. although we probably could have grown a lot more had I known about marketing, but I didn't know about marketing at all. So when I got into this gym, this was a CrossFit gym, so it was more of like uh, wasn't wasn't the same kind of style. Okay, uh, not a thousand members. Usually in these CrossFit gyms, you get like a hundred members, and it's yeah, you know, it's kind of kind of typical. People kind of peak there. So depending on where you are, but anyway, <laughs> um, so. Uh, whenever we got in into that situation, I knew I could sell people if I could get them in the door, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to get them in the door. Okay. So that's how I kind of got in with Gym Launch. I don't know how they found me or how I found them, but marketing, man, yeah. they do a good job with that stuff. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It was like a couple months after I had the gym, their stuff started showing up, I guess, on my <laughs> Facebook page. I don't really remember. I just know, I remember I clicked on their ad while I was driving, I think maybe, or before I had started driving. And then what, like a few minutes later, I was in my car and I got a call from them. And they're like, Hey, you know, this is who we are, whatever. That's and then they set up a awesome. consultation with me. Yeah. So whenever I was talking to them, I was like, man, this is, uh, this is what I need. I need to learn how to do the marketing side mm-hmm, of this. Mm-hmm. So signed up with Jim launch, called my wife and I was like, Hey, I just spent $16,000. She was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So, so, um, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, but it was like probably some of the best money I've ever spent because I learned so much. That Great investment. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was awesome. So just to give you some numbers at this gym, it had been open for 10 years at that point, almost okay. roughly. I started the gym, but I had no idea what I was doing. I grew it to about 40 members paying like a hundred bucks a month. Okay. So not enough to even live off of. Right. Um, the next owners did a good job with it. They grew it maybe to like a hundred to 120 members, somewhere in that range, but it was still like a hundred bucks a month. It wasn't Mm -hmm. so like, it really still wasn't enough to support a staff and and that kind of thing. Yeah. After expenses and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not enough to, to be a real business. So, um, but whenever we started, um, 
they were signing up like maybe two or three people every month. They'd lose a few people every month. So it kind of just stayed that way for years. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever we turn on our ads with Gym Launch, it took me a few days to set everything up, get it running. Um, I used their ads. We didn't even create our own. Um, this is going to be a great commercial for Gym Launch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I turned on my ads. I don't remember what day it was, but it was an afternoon. And I woke up the next day with 52 consultations booked. Wow. Yeah. Overnight. Yeah. Literally. (laughs) I didn't know what I was selling at this point because their process was basically you like turn on your ads and Uh then you you do your stuff. So like um, I learned what I was selling the day that I started selling it. Wow. And uh, Talk about taking action. Yeah. Yeah, But I closed two sales that day. Okay. Out of 52? Out of, no, no, no. I had like maybe, I did have probably 15 consultations booked that day or something. Okay. <clears throat> they were 30 minute con- consultations. Not everybody shows up, you know, so like right. it's free. So not everybody shows up to them. But anyway, um, I don't know how many I did that day, but I know I closed two. Okay. I want to say 10 people showed up and I closed two. At, by the end of it, I was at like an 80% close rate. But in the beginning, I didn't, wow. I didn't exactly know what I was selling. So I figured it out on the fly, but <laughs> we signed up a hundred people in six weeks. Mm. So hold on, let me pause you real quick. So yeah. over the past ten years, they had a hundred people coming in consistently. Yeah, on average. And then in six weeks, you gave them a hundred percent growth. We 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 yeah. grew by a hundred percent. But not only that, they're charging a hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So whenever we got with Gym Launch, we started. We were running this promotion. It was like a six week challenge thing. Mm-hmm. We were charging five hundred dollars for it. Um, so we sold a hundred people at $500, mm-hmm. not at a hundred dollars a month. Then we would sell them on the back end into a, like a membership, which wow. was also like 180 bucks a month or something. It was a lot more than what we were charging in the beginning. So, so the revenue grew a lot, but during that time I also expanded the gym because we, we had a hundred new people. Mm-hmm. We were double the size in the same space, same equipment. So yeah. like. I had to get another, uh, it was like a three-unit building we were in. They mm-hmm. already had two of them. Mm-hmm. So we rented the the last building. We knocked out a wall, did a bunch of construction, brought mm-hmm. in a, uh, somebody who did electrical, built an office for us, all this stuff. So all that money basically went right back into the gym. Mm. But for me, my biggest thing was I got to find somebody to do this work so I can get back to Jessup and do my main job. Right. So the biggest expense I had was finding and trying to put in people in, in place to take over all of that stuff. So mm. I built a team of, let's see, I brought in a head trainer, had another trainer mm-hmm. that I brought in, brought in an accountability coach, brought in a salesperson. So I, I had Nutrition, four or five, probably. Yeah, yeah. A couple of part-time people and a few full-time people. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot more expenses at the gym too. Mm. Um, and it was, the big thing was I wasn't training these people cause I didn't have the time. Yeah. So like I, I set nobody up for success. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically just left them in the dark mm-hmm. and the first salesperson we hired was good, but she was like, man, these are long hours. It's 6am to 7pm basically yeah. in the gym industry. That's pretty standard. You have a few hours off in the middle of the day, but this mm-hmm. person had a, a baby and she was like, I'm not, I can't do this. And they got to eat. Yeah. You so, <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, it was really rough on those people. It is a kind of a tough position to hire for, but you got to find right. the right kind of people. Right. And I, I just, I didn't even have the time to try to look for that. Cause I was trying to get back out of the, out of the business, you right. know, which is not a bad thing. I think entrepreneurs right. should work to remove themselves from the business, but it takes a long time. It takes a lot of a building and you have to build this foundation. And I didn't do that. So yeah. Yeah. The people that I brought in were not set up for success. So, and not everybody was successful because of that. And the thing is, because like, like you said, in order for them to be successful, 
and you were, you were working on your exit strategy. Yeah. But in order for them to be successful and for this thing to really work out for you, like you dreamed it would have, mm-hmm. then you had to have some certain systems in place. You had to invest more time and stuff. There's one time you and I were talking about this guitar player, singer songwriter, Ray LaMontagne. Mm-hmm. And, um, you were saying that like the guy, he sings blues for you guys. I don't know who Ray LaMontagne is. You might want to look up some of his music. Great musician. If you like that kind of thing, singer songwriter, but, uh, they say that he was they not say. always a good singer or entertainer. That's right. But he locked himself in his room for two years. Yeah, I think this is from the book, The Talent Code. Yeah. I think that's what that's from. They yeah. were saying that he locked himself in his room, in his apartment for two years. Uh-huh. And just listened to blues albums and sang. And played and And trained sang. himself how to, right. yeah, how to sing, basically. So, so it seems like in order for you to be successful, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about on the last thing. He was hungry, first of all, mm-hmm. right? So he ate, but he was also obsessed. Yeah. Right. And he gave everything he had. So it seems like, and now he's, you know, he's known worldwide. He's been doing this thing for a long time. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I've started something, was super passionate about it for a week or two. And yeah. it's like, ah, you know. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I think that's an, a trait of entrepreneurs. I think a lot of people are that way. The mm-hmm. startup is always exciting. Mm-hmm. And then it gets kind of boring over time, but you got to repeat that process until, right. you know, you get to the level of success that you want. So you think about the, the best athletes um yeah. the best football players jerry rice tom brady mm-hmm. you think about um tiger woods mm-hmm. so i remember watching a documentary with jerry rice and he was saying he never enjoyed playing football Crazy. because all he wanted to do was be the best so he just worked constantly and they were talking about uh uh steve young after they had won a super bowl yeah um he came back to the facility uh, like the next day or whatever and uh he was cleaning out his locker getting some stuff out of his locker and he looked outside, and Jerry Rice was out there running routes with the equipment manager throwing him passes. Mm. He's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm training for next year. <laughs> like, they just won the Super they Bowl. They won the Super Bowl, like, the day before. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you didn't even take a day? Like, just I've heard stories like that and, and seen documentaries with, like, Kobe Bryant and Tom yeah. Brady. Yeah. These guys are at the top of the game, some of the greatest to ever play their sports, respectively. And they work out more. Kobe Bryant will work out four times in a day, right? Yeah. Um, Tom Brady would be the first one in the gym. Like he would mm-hmm. get up and be finished with the workout, icing his knees by the time you getting up and yawning type of right. thing. So I, I say all that to say, um, they counted the cost. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew what they wanted to be, where they wanted to be, and they counted the cost. And they said, okay, well, this is what's going to take to do it. All right, let's do it. And they put everything they had into it. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the mistakes that you made, obviously, was that you didn't even have the space and time to give everything you had because you had a whole nother focus somewhere yep. else. Right. That's right. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. Um, so how did that thing end up wrapping up? Like what'd you, you know, so the gym grew a lot, but we didn't make any money or I didn't make any money at least. Um, and, uh, it got to the point where it was so much that I had to just turn the ads off. I didn't have anybody to do the sales and I couldn't stay there and do the sales. Um, so then I had to pay for fulfillment, but I wasn't getting any new money coming in. Mm. Um, and so basically I just told the, I had a, I had worked out kind of a seller finance deal with the guy and it was like a year for me to come up with the, the payment that I was going to do like a balloon payment. A Little year. payment. And, okay. Yeah, and if basically if, uh, if you, if I didn't make the payment at the end or whatever, then he would get the gym back basically. So okay. I was, I just called him and I was like, Hey man, it's not working out. I got to. The gym's doing great. You can mm-hmm. have it back if you want. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> but, yeah. but like, I gotta go. And I send him. I actually send him a, a screenshot of the money, and it was like, you know, he'd gone from like eight or nine thousand a month to like twenty five or something like that, or thirty, like on on the recurring side. Yeah. So 
<clears throat> so anyway, all that being said, though, I basically uh, he, I told the guy who was running the gym, and he was like, "Well, I'll I'll come in and do that stuff and just run it mm-hmm. and make a commission." And I was like, "Well, um, that's fine, but I gotta I gotta be gone. So mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out, you know, mm-hmm. and that didn't work out either. So we, basically, a couple of the uh, members at the gym, I think he talked to them." came up and they're like, Hey, we'll, we'll buy it. I was like, listen, you work out the deal with the other guy. I don't, I don't need to make any money. I don't care. I just want to be out of here. Oh, wow. And so, um, they did that, but there was a lot of stuff that happened in that transaction too, Mm -hmm. that went South. So like, these are friends of mine and I learned this, this was a hard lesson for me to learn too. But Mm. basically what happened was, I think I took for granted that I had been involved with a lot of gym transactions before. So I knew the process pretty well. Um, you know, I had been involved in some gyms that were selling. I uh, had been involved in some some new grand openings. I had been involved in some that people were trying to sell to me. Um, so, like, I I kind of knew the whole process of how that transition looked, um, and and they didn't. And so, I, I guess I took that for granted and just thought that they would understand, you know, how, how some of that stuff went, and uh, that didn't happen. So, so they got kind of upset about some stuff. And so like from my mind, I was doing what was right. And in their mind, they needed me to do something else because because it didn't feel like it was right to them. Mm -hmm. So I think the lesson that I learned in that was just do right by the other people, even Mm -hmm. if you feel like they're taking advantage of you and they were not trying to take advantage of me. It was just, um, I don't think at least, I I think they were, they had no reason to, they were successful people already. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I was just at this point where I was like, running really thin and I needed to be done with it. I needed to be back where I was supposed to be. I had learned that lesson, but then I had to unravel everything to get back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, so anyway, I was like, you know, this is how it normally works. I gave them the logins and stuff. I was like, you guys go and look, I don't care what deal you work out. Mm -hmm. Y'all do all that stuff. But they, I don't think they ever even logged into it because they didn't understand how that process was supposed to work. I think. Right. So anyway, there was a lot of tension there and we basically did not end on a good note. Um, and so I learned the lesson that in the future, just do what, just, just make everything right for the other people as long as you can. Yeah. Which at the time I couldn't, but I could have, I could have like told them I, it was, it was an interesting thing. I was listening to bigger pockets and there was a lady on there and she was talking about her dad or yeah, I think her dad, her parents got divorced or whatever. And he was like a business person mm-hmm. and like, he was like, well, the wife got half and, but he kept the business. And so she got half the money. He kept the business. And he was like, you know, I lost the eggs, but I kept the goose that lays the golden eggs. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, I like that. Yeah. And that's kind of, I remember that thinking of that as this, I was, I was going that's through good. this. I was like, I lost all of the eggs here, but I still have the business that is laying the golden eggs. Over yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, it, it actually worked out pretty well. I think about six months later, I was a millionaire officially. Right. But at that point I had like, I was having to figure out how I was going to feed my kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> because that whole thing was going South. So I think we've all been there, man. Um, yeah. so if you had to recap, if you had to do it all over again, first of all, you probably would not buy the gym at that time. Definitely would not buy the gym. <laughs> right. Not but, that I shouldn't buy gyms. Right. Right. But at that point in time, I, I definitely should not have bought the gym. You know, and I think that's really important to say, because I think all of us come across opportunities where we can do mm-hmm. something and we think we can or should do it just because we can. But yeah. but if you really but based off of what you just said and thinking about us as individuals and 
our time, capacity, energy, focus, mm-hmm. and just all the things that encompasses it. A lot of times we don't have the capacity to do everything that we quote unquote can do. Yeah. Right. So I, I fall into that trap all the time. You have to pick, you have to pick one thing. The thing is yeah. there, there is so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's something that people don't understand. They feel like if they miss this opportunity, mm-hmm. that they're like done forever. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> but at the end of the day, there is so much opportunity right. out there. So like you just got to pick the right vehicle and stay in that one mm-hmm. the whole time. You That's know, good. you can't, you can't jump around. Mm-hmm. You got to figure out what it is that you're going to do. Make sure it's a good market. You know, like, don't, right. you know, <laughs> Alex Hormozy talks about his friend, I guess, or whatever, who was selling newspaper right. ads and couldn't figure out why he wasn't making much money. Bro, it's like, 2022. Like, you, can't, <laughs> you can't be in newspapers right now. Selling typewriters, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But as long as that industry is growing and everything, yeah. it, like you can pick pretty much any industry. It doesn't matter what it yeah. is. And then you can learn it. Mm-hmm. But let's say that you're in this, like I was in the gym business for three years. Okay. Four years, something like that. Well, eight years I was a trainer before that. Mm-hmm. So and for a eight, PE teacher, right? Yeah. Well, sort of, yeah. <laughs> so I was, a, I was in that, that business for eight years. And then I switched to something else. But I switched to the thing that I really wanted to do the whole time. So the whole time I was – I was still studying real estate. That's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But if I had stuck with that, I had eight years of experience Mm -hmm. and what you can learn in eight years. um, It's very hard to start a new business and get to where you are eight years into another one. So like um, now I'm in real estate, you know, and I I own some mobile home parks. I sold a bunch of stuff, but now I'm buying more. Mm -hmm. So like I know that business very well. And I've been in that one for about six years now. Mm-hmm. And so for me to just stop doing that and switch to something else completely yeah. would not be a good idea. Right. So like you got to pick the thing that is whatever it is that you're going to do and in 10 years, you're going to be better than 99% of people. Most businesses yeah. don't last more than five years. Right. Right. So if you're, if you stick with that thing for 10 years, mm-hmm. then you're probably going to be better than most people. There's mm-hmm. no reason for you to say at that point, okay, I need to go back to this other thing or to this new thing or whatever you don't need to, to, to chase that, that yeah. new opportunity. You need to figure out how to double down on what you're doing and grow that. It's because 20 years later, mm. you're going to be even better than you were 10 years in, you know, you know, and that's one thing I was thinking about when you said that about 10 years, 20 years, some of these companies that we see that have been around for a long time, um, Coca-Cola or, mm. you know, an AC company, any, any of these local stores, it can be a restaurant, it can be a barbershop. And one of the things that I like to see is, let's just say, I'm just going to make something up right now, like uh, Tim's Lawnmower Company, you know, yeah. around since 1973, you know. <laughs> right. And, and I love to see when people started. And it's like, man, these guys have some longevity. They must be doing yeah. something right. But they started somewhere. In 1973, they had been in, in business for you know, they had, they just started their business yeah. in 1974. They've been in business for one year, you know, and yeah. in 10 years, they, but, but they stuck with it and they're mm-hmm. still around type of mm-hmm. thing. And how many other lawnmower companies started in 1973? And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, you know, I think I want to go and, you know, start a roofing company or something like that. Probably a lot of those. And you never see yeah. Tim's roofing company started in 1973. It's like Tim's roofing company and lawnmower service and massage, all this yeah. other stuff, you know, just keep, yeah. and that's how you, that's part of the reason why you can end up with 15, Dead businesses in your backyard, <laughs> That's you know. Right. That's but right. But you know, okay. Another thing with that though is a lot of those people who who have their same businesses for 30, 40 years, they're probably way more efficient than they were when they first started. Their profit margin is probably better. 
even if they don't build a lot of skills, mm-hmm. even if they're just the same person they were, they're probably a lot better at, at that, that specific business though. So they're probably making more money. But if those people go in and learn how to be better at sales, how to be better at marketing, right. how to be better at HR and all the things that go into a business, um, then they are probably going to grow that business a lot bigger than they would if they had started their whatever other company. Absolutely. So like you got you to gotta stick with that thing, stick with whatever vehicle you have, and then grow your skills, mm-hmm. and that will help you grow the business. Right. Don't despise the day of humble beginnings. Like you yeah. said, these guys started off small, and then they built not only their business, the main thing I think they built was they built who they were. You know, yeah. they, they spread out a little bit within themselves. You have to yeah. constantly be working on yourself is what I think. Yeah, that's the thing. You you have to continue to grow as a person and right. as a business person, but you got to stay in that same vehicle. The longer you're in that same vehicle, the better you're going to do. You know, I was having a conversation with um with Will, one of the guys that's on our Think Tank, think tank yeah. team or whatever we call it that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we were outside talking, waiting for a meeting to start. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, man, you got a, um, you got a pen? He's like, yeah, I got one in my car. He's like, excuse the mess. You know, and I'm putting them on blast right now. My bad, Will. <laughs> and um, and I was like, oh, don't worry. I was like, don't worry. I'm not worried about that. My truck is a mess, but um, but I got kids and everything. I don't know what your excuse is, you know. <laughs> but then I, st- I we, you know, we're laughing about it. But I stopped. I said, you know what? I believe a lot of times, if you really think about it, our vehicles can represent, not most of the time, but in a lot of cases, our vehicles can kind of represent our mindset. So, like, my mind, like, my vehicle – his vehicle was kind of not organized. It was mm-hmm. messy, probably needed the oil change, you know, all kind of stuff yeah. that's going on. And it was a lack of maintenance yeah. that was going on with his vehicle. And I said, man, I can't tell you how many times I've been frustrated and all this stuff in, in, in business and just kind of discombobulated and just wondering what's going on. And I look at my vehicle and it's like a direct reflection of what's going on in my life. Yeah. Because I really believe that the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Yeah. So a lot of times I believe that stuff can be psychosomatic. So if I'm in a rut, I look at my truck and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Let me clean my truck out. And then I immediately start being able to think better, you yeah, know, <laughs> and everything. It's true. But um, so that's kind of funny. But yeah, clean cars out. But um, <laughs> Well, that, that, any part of your life, though. Yeah, if you if you clean it up, that one thing it does mm-hmm. make a big difference. It does. Sure. So, to so let's go back through that story. Just a quick synopsis of this whole gym thing. So let's just say, um, what were some of the key things you learned if you had to like just give a quick synopsis yeah, of so, what you would have done mm-hmm. with that gym? The biggest thing is stay focused on one thing. Mm-hmm. We've, that's been a recurring thing. Mm-hmm. Stay focused on one thing, whatever that is. It mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what you pick necessarily. Just stay with that. Right, right. And then uh, and then I think just, you know, if I had to do it again, I probably would just have done whatever was right by the other people mm-hmm. and, and, and just moved on from it instead of just trying to hold my ground because I thought I was right. So a little bit a little bit ago you were talking about finding that one thing and focusing on that and and being making sure you're in a good vehicle mm-hmm. and things. So even with that gym that you bought, it was a great vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great market, but the timing was, was off. You know, right. had you had invested more time in your real estate, made more money, you probably could have hired somebody to run that for you, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, type of thing. So timing is important, but then also, like I said earlier, counting the cost and what it's going to fully take. So with me, 
um, it's, it's good that we're talking about this uh, word focus today because that's always been a common, uh, like a reoccurring theme in my mm-hmm. life ever since I was young. Um, I would go home back when we get report cards before, like in elementary school, and I'm dating myself because I don't know what they do now, partially <laughs> because we homeschool our kids, but also because I'm just old now, older. But yeah. back then, you didn't get A's and B's. You got S's and N's That's and right. U's. You yep. remember that? Yep. <laughs> right. And I would get all these S's, which stood for satisfactory, except for when it came to conduct. And I wasn't a problematic child as far as like just being bad for no reason. I would just laugh all the time, and I would be getting yeah. and talking and everything. And the teachers were always right, and I would be so scared when these report cards <laughs> came out. Like, D's a bright kid, but he can't stay focused, you know. And my mom would come home and read that, and she would wear me out, you know. <laughs> this yep. before there was DCF and all that stuff, <laughs> DFACS or whatever it's called, you know. <laughs> the peanut gallery over there laughing. But, um, and and that's always been my main thing. So that was that's always been a hole in my bucket, right, yeah. to keep me from fulfilling uh, my full potential is, mm-hmm. is focus. So even um, fast forward into when I got into real estate, you know, um, I started out wholesaling. Um, and I, wholesaling is a very attractive thing to do. It's, it's a, it's yeah. a way to get into real estate without having a whole lot of money, um, and not having to be licensed in anything. Yeah. You, you, you learn some stuff about real estate. You learn the game, you learn the legal side of it. You understand the lingo, you learn how to communicate. And then you, you essentially just putting, putting a deal together and, and making money in the yeah. middle. Mm-hmm. So with me, when I started my real estate, um, journey, started wholesaling, I didn't have a real plan. I was like, I want to make money and mm-hmm. I'm good at talking to people. Yeah. Right. So I can do this. So yeah. starting out, no SOP, no standard operating procedure, nothing. Right. I just wanted to make money. Right. Yeah. So then get in there, make a couple of deals. I remember um, my, with my first two deals, I made something like something short of $30,000. Mm-hmm. So to someone that never had a lot of money growing up and was used to, you know, work with my hands, doing remodeling and things like that. I never working for other people. Yeah. I would always get paid by the hour or, you know, get paid by the project. Wouldn't, which wasn't never anything that was super ridiculous. Right. So making $30,000, I was like, man, I'm feeling like the man when I come through, you can't (laughs) tell me nothing. You know, (laughs) I'm feeling like Kanye. And, uh, (laughs) and so I would get complacent. Right. Got lazy. And, and I would lose focus because I didn't, I wasn't working towards anything. Your goal in life can't just be to make money, right? right? Like, it, or if it is just to make money, like how much are you trying to make? Mm-hmm. What does it take to get there? So I didn't have any kind of plans, any kind of systems. I didn't have any kind of direction. I just wanted to make money. And then once I made money, technically I fulfilled what I was trying to do. Right. But it wasn't sustainable. So after I made this $30,000, a few months, a few months after that, struggling to pay bills and do all kinds of things, having to borrow money. It was very embarrassing. And it was yeah. embarrassing because it was all self-induced. I didn't have that story uh, to where I got done wrong by somebody or the IRS took this. It wasn't none of that stuff. It was all right. because I, I I failed to prepare in the beginning so that I could stay focused. And I knew that I had a problem staying focused and I didn't do anything to enhance myself to try to, to try to fix that. You see what I'm saying? To yeah. try to shore that up in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think, um, as entrepreneurs, um, it's good to dream. It's good to be ambitious, but in life in business, in every area of our lives, if we want to defy the laws of mediocrity, we really have to prepare to be successful. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. there's some things that you have to do to stay on top. You it know? comes back to living intentionally. Like you were talking about last episode too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, is it's super important to have 
intention behind all the stuff that you're doing in life, especially in business too, though, you have to have, you have to have a solid plan and you got to execute that plan. You got to have goals. Mm -hmm. If you're not working towards, I hear people say say a lot of times, you know, it's hard to hit a target that you can't see. Mm. So you got to put, you got to put those goals down on paper. You got to figure out a plan to get there and then work the plan. You really do. You really do. And since then, um, I, I, I do things a lot differently. One of the first things I did was um, I developed a team. I got around mm-hmm. some people like you and like uh, my buddy Mike and a couple other people that I've seen that had some success. Yeah. But and, and not just financial, fiscal success, but success mentally mm-hmm. and, um, and and looking at how they lived their lives and they had some some success in the in the um, in the realm of disciplines and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, because. There's a lot of people out here that are making money and do things, but I don't want to emulate my life after them. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so since then I was like, you know what, let me, let me ask some of my friends or let me, let let me open myself up to let them interject and speak to me on a real level. And that takes a a big level of trust right there for people to be able to speak into your life. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you used to do that I really loved is you would say, Hey, look, man, you know, um, I'm going to tell you this. Because I care for you and, you know, don't don't block me or nothing like that. But <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway type of thing. And yeah. for you to for me to give you that space in my life mm-hmm. to speak into my life. Right. Um, and I, keep, I hate that I keep quoting these scriptures because I sound like this is a religious podcast, <laughs> but it's not it's just my background, you know. But um, one of the one of the um, things that I really like is a wise man loves rebuke. Mm. Yeah. Right. So I think when you're trying to grow and develop, you have to stay humble, but you have to be able to accept um, constructive criticism. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's, it's important. I think all people who are successful have that trait. Yeah. They have to be able to, uh, to hear criticism and then, you know, be able to take action on that. And I, I think that's Good. important as, as a business leader to somebody who's a manager, mm-hmm. people have to feel safe in that, in that space to be able to come and tell you, Hey, Good. you know, what you're doing may not be right. You know, mm-hmm. I've asked, I've asked people uh, who are employees of mine, like, hey, how can I improve? What can I do better? And mm-hmm. then, you know, they give me feedback. That's, like, super important stuff that I can learn. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a really important thing. And and I think that's also a trait that's really hard for people. I think that's really hard for, for a lot of people to be able to take that and not, you know, be emotional about it. So Yeah, that's something I think you really have to get on the wraps um, as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's it's really easy for us to – to be self-centered and to be guarded mm-hmm. from because things that happen in our lives. And that's understandable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, when you think about relational intimacy, um, not sexually, but that the word intimacy, there has to be a level of vulnerability yeah. that needs to happen. And I think it needs to happen on a friendship level mm-hmm. also. So you can really build and grow and walk with people um, to ensure some, some type of success. And so, so can people can um, have your six and see your blind spots, mm-hmm. things yeah. like that. So that's, yeah. So those were the, some of the first things I did when I got to my wits end. I was like, man, this don't make no sense. You know, I'm, I'm making $10,000 a deal, but then I'm ending up broke, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then, um, so I, so I got with, with you and some other people and it was like, man, you need to write this stuff down. Like, what are you trying to do? Yeah. And I was like, what am I trying to do? You know, like, I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> those questions are, you know, it's funny though. Cause like, it seems like that's something that we would learn growing up, but nobody does. It's like, I've, I've, so I have this process now through my sort of year of trying to figure out how to build a high, a high performing team mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, not just have a team of 
of people who are just there to get a paycheck. Um, one of the big things I've learned is to that a lot of these, I started doing like a goal setting with everybody, yeah. everybody on my team. So, um, and what I learned was like almost nobody knows how to set goals. Mm-hmm. So like I'll even give instructions like these are, this is how you should set the goals. And mm-hmm. even after that, everybody who's done it, I have to come back and say, okay, let's try to be more precise on this. Right. Let's try to figure this out a little bit better. So like, and, and I'm the same way. So like, I think it's just something that's not taught. It's a skill that's not taught mm-hmm. to people. Just, just a, a simple thing, like how to set goals. So like, so interesting, very difficult for people to, like I said, hit a target that they can't see. So like mm-hmm. they may even find some success in business or whatever it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. But if they don't have any goal, they don't know how to measure that. Then, you know, it, yeah. it, it just kind of like what you're saying, it kind of just falls by the wayside or, or they're like, Hey, I, I did what I was trying to do. And then they back off because mm-hmm. they don't have anywhere else to go. You know, mm-hmm. so. you got to have a way to quantify it. You know, you got to yeah. be able to measure it so you can scale things. Um, so, so that's one thing I encourage people to do now. And I do myself is literally write things down Yeah. a little bit earlier. You mentioned um, about 10 years and things like that. And one of the things that, that we've done is, Make a 10-year goal, mm-hmm. right? And then make a three-year goal mm-hmm. and make a one-year goal and take these steps so this stuff doesn't seem as daunting. Right. Right? Yeah. So with me, knowing that I have the propensity to lose focus or or a lot of people that have a lot of different talents and a lot of different interests, it's like, well, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that. I was like, what do I need? How do I get more focused? And there's certain disciplines that I start working out. So one of the things that I do that I'm looking forward to hopefully maybe one day we can record it and stuff and start doing these cold showers. Well, I'm not going to record me taking a shower. <laughs> don't, don't cold plunges, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know, we okay, might get some raises. Pl- <laughs> no, no, okay. I know nobody would see that. It's the wrong channel. I look like a grizzly <laughs> Only, but um, I look like a grizzly bear with my clothes off. Just like this beard, you know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> we started in OnlyFans, is that what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> I think they have business OnlyFans. I think right? you and I would be the only ones. <laughs> fans. The only <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <That's probably true. laughs> Probably true. But anyway, uh, panda, panda, panda. <laughs> but um, I started taking these cold showers. Anyway, all that to say, I have these these routines that I do yeah. and that I tell myself that I'm going to do just so I can build some mental discipline. Yeah. Right? And then I tell other people about it. So they ask me about it. So it's not something I do for a week and then it's like a fad or it's cool. But yep. I want to find myself in a year's time seeing that I've done it for many, many, for the, for the entire year because I don't want to have the same resolutions. Yeah. I don't want to be in the same place. And um and be in the same predicament year after year. It, it, yeah, we've talked a lot about focus on this episode. So like, I remember going through that process with you building your ten year goals, mm-hmm. and then how that translate down down to like one year and mm-hmm. three months and whatever. So like, what was that process like for you? I remember you kind of had like an epiphany as we were going through that. And you're mm-hmm. like, man, this like puts everything in yeah. perspective. So so initially we started with the ten year goal. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, what do you want your life to look like in 10 years? So I'm sitting yeah. here like, you know, <laughs> I want to be making this m- this amount of money. Yeah. I want to be ha- I want to have these habits. I want to be this type of person. I want to be in this circle of influence, you know, influencing these people. So then we backed it down to three years. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then one, one year, yeah, one year and three months yeah. and three. So then once I got down to the three months, uh, what really happened to me, I was like, OK, if I if I can get to this point in three months, it made it seem like my ten year goal was very small. Like mm-hmm. my ten year goal could have been obtained in two years, probably, yeah. or five. Well, let's say five years, right? So it made me really 
So we, like I've been talking about counting the cost. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if I need to be here in three months, it's going to take me this, this, and this to do that. Yeah. There's no reason why I can't do that in five years. So I, I saw what it really took to get to yeah. where I was getting to. So I didn't, I had no idea what it would take really. Right. Yeah. Until you, I start unpacking that. You see what your potential is though. Yeah. And I think it, I think for everybody, for most people, it's a mm-hmm. lot higher than you think. A lot higher. Yeah. I think there's so much more opportunity than people think. But with that, it takes consistency. It's not like do this for three years and then in 10 years, you're going to get this. Yeah. So I think, once again, those disciplines, that consistency, that accountability, yeah. writing that stuff down, write a vision, make it plain, you know, type of yeah. thing. Um, so it just really opened my eyes. But I think also writing down a 10-year goal. So we do this for our businesses and stuff. So, like, writing down a 10-year goal for your business keeps you focused. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot most businesses don't even create a vision a vision yeah. statement or anything like that. So, like, I think if you can sit down and, and, and say, okay – what do I want to, if you're starting a new business or maybe you've been in business for a long time, Mm -hmm. but um, you might say, okay, what do I want this to look like in 10 years? Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, I think it helps you stay focused a lot better because you know, okay, this is the vision. This is where we're going. And so like, I got to stay on track in order to get there. And you can't chase every squirrel that comes by. You got to focus on the main goal. If you can stay focused on that main goal, then I think you can, you can get a lot farther. Absolutely. And you know, the biggest thing that it did for me, once we got done with the three month goal, I was so motivated for my entire 10 year goal. Yeah. And I heard somebody say this the other day. It was so good. They, so, so now, you know, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I know you probably do. You get up yeah. at four o'clock also. Yeah. Sometimes get up earlier than that. Yeah. And, um, I heard this guy, I wish I, I wish I would have thought of this. Um, but someone was asking this other guy that gets up that early. He said, why do you get up so early? He said, if you knew, how did he say it? He said, if you knew, um, if you knew what you had, if you knew what I was waking up to, what I was working towards, then you would get up early too. I, yeah. I kind of butchered it, but yeah. pretty much if, oh, let me say it like this. Let me throw an illustration in there. If somebody came to me and said, Hey D I have $500 million for you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You can come get it anytime you want. Yeah. Um, 1201. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would get <laughs> up. Yeah. I would be, I would. So I would yeah. get up the day before right. and be there. At, so if you knew what yeah. I was working towards, then you would get up early too. Yep. Right. Exactly so, right, yeah. so, so I'm like, I'm getting up early so I can get a jump start on my life, get this thing started. And so yeah. I do my most productive work in the wee hours of the morning Yeah, and I'm excited and I'm, I'm motivated because I know what I'm working towards. I haven't expected right. in because I've written it down. I've counted the costs. I see that it's obtainable yep. and I'm now I'm even more focused and motivated to do it. And I'm telling other people, so I got accountability. So it all yeah. works together. Yeah. Right. So, so that's why I get up early. That's why I take cold showers. There you go. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, I think I think having that focus is so important, man. If you can Absolutely. just stay focused on on what whatever your main goal is mm-hmm. and writing that down. And so like we write our goals down every day, right? So mm-hmm. like especially our short term goals. And right. then we write down our long term goals once a month. And then we come back and every year we're gonna we're gonna come back and like, okay, we're gonna look at that ten year goal. Is it still does that still look right? Maybe, maybe we're already halfway there, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so let's figure out what to do now. And then you can see, man, I can get a lot farther. If I just, if I just live my life intentionally, mm-hmm. I can get a lot farther than I thought I was. Yeah. You know? And it's not just business. That's every aspect. So we right. like, we look at, you know, every aspect of, of our lives that was the same way. Right. So we have a 10 year vision for what we want relationships to look like and what we want our health to look like and right. all that kind of stuff. Every aspect. And that stuff you know, it just keeps you focused on what the main goal is. So. 
It really does. So if I could speak to the people real quick, um, I know some of you watching and listening are like, man, you know, I want to, I want more for my life. I want to be more successful. I want to be in a better place. I have dreams. I know I have potential. Um, like he said earlier, find that one thing that you're good at. You might already be in that thing that you're good at. Right. Mm-hmm. And, or there might be a couple of things that you're juggling. Is it a good vehicle? First of all, yeah. is it a good market? Is it something that's going to be, have lasting power in the industry? Um, is it something that's just, you know, I remember when, uh, we were supposed to have some comment, some kind of eclipse or something that was supposed to be happening some years ago. And, um, I knew this one lady that was smart enough to go and buy these shades or sunglasses that helps you look at it. And, and I remember and she, that. Yeah. You remember that? Everybody yeah. was behind those things. Yeah. And I was like, dang, that was so smart. Yeah. But, but you can't make a business out of that. And right. They're like, they're like $1 and people were selling for like a hundred bucks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hustle. I get that. Yeah, okay. You right. know, but that's not a, but you might be, you might be a, a, a hairstylist. You might be a babysitter. You might have a, a daycare, whatever the case may be. Um, make sure you have a good vehicle first. Yeah. Right. And then after that, write down your plan for that. Write down a 10 year plan, write down a, you know, and, and, and work your way back and watch the matriculation of it and, um, get some people around you that can help you that you can encourage and that can encourage you as well. And I know that it can happen for you. You know, I want to look back in two yeah. years and hear and see a lot of testimonies like, Hey man, took y'all's advice and all this stuff yeah. like that and everything. So definitely, I think, I think people can go a lot farther than anything. I think that that's a, a big problem with sort of education and the culture that we have is mm-hmm. just like people are, and I'm not saying, saying that everybody wants like a big business or whatever. Right. It's okay. I'm not talking about that. I, th- I think you asked, uh, we were talking before the show, and, and I think you said, like, what does success mean to you? Yeah. And I think success is just reaching whatever your goals are. Mm-hmm. So, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be to make a million dollars a day or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be, like, it could be, you know, to live out in the in the country and, and be able to kill your own food and, make, you know, build That's, your own cabin, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, but you still got to have a plan. You still got to have you know, those action steps that you can take to get there. So, right. Right. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward cause there's so much I want to say in this, but there's so many other sub conversations that can come out of these things, but yeah. I really enjoyed that. You got anything else to say? Leave with the kids. Yeah. I think we're good for today. We'll, we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll keep going next time. So. All right, man. You guys take care. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the defiant life podcast.